Welcome into the Saturday Air Raid. I thank you for joining us. Today, we talk about Scott Fishbowl. We talk about how drafts are going, what our strategies are. It's me and Brad today. I think you're going to really love this episode. We're going to help you smash your drafts, dominate draft season. I thank you for joining us. Hurts lost it for Smith. It's a touchdown. Devontae Smith. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Saturday Air Raid, part of the NFL Lab Network. I'm your host, John Robertson. With me today, my good friend, it's Brad Bolt. Hey, mates. I'm glad to be back. I felt bad that I missed last week, so I'm uh, I'm keen to get back into it. Now, this is good. We're getting a good rotation. It was awesome fun with uh, Dan last week. We were trying to guess your receivers that you're high and low in, but we unfortunately we couldn't make the cases that you wanted to make i felt like we didn't do justice in fact we actually then started turning in the other direction and <laughs> yeah I, I was listening and i was part of it was I'll, I'll give you my quick garrett wilson why i'm a little bit down on him yeah because i right. feel that's that's an easier easy case for that one it's just the, the draft position there's guys behind mm. him that i prefer like jalen waddle is behind him I prefer yep. Jalen Waddle because the, that Miami offense, it's running backs, it's Tyreek Hill, and it's Jalen Waddle, and that's it. Yeah, that's fair. I've got Jalen Waddle one spot ahead of Garrett Wilson, so I can agree with you there. Yeah, and like I like I like Chris Alave just that little bit better because really, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's 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 something similar. Like I don't have faith in the other receivers on New Orleans. Mm. So, like, a lot of people are saying, oh, Michael Thomas, It's but until I see Michael Thomas play, I don't, I'm not going to yeah. believe it. So, you know, Jawan Johnson had a really good year last year, but he was the touchdown guy. Like, he wasn't there for the yards. He wasn't taking a heap of targets. So, Alave, I like, it's just with Rodgers in New York, it's one of those things that I look at it now and I go, he's got his guys there as well by having Lazard there, by having Randall Cobb. Now, I'm not expecting them to take much away from Garrett Wilson, but just if I was in a startup draft and it was Dynasty and I had on the clock and I had to pick between a Garrett Wilson, an Alave, a Jalen Waddle or an Armin Ra St. Brown, I'm probably picking Wilson last out of those four. I just yeah. like the other guy's really? situation. Yeah, I just like the other guy's situations that little bit better. It, it sounds like hyperbole, but um, I mean, it is hyperbole, but it does feel like he's brought half of Wisconsin with him to yeah. New York. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he's he's got a couple of tight ends at the Jets. Now, you know, we saw obviously towards the end of his time there, he had a, a pretty good connection with Robert Tonyan. And, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things that there's a few more mouths to feed, it sort of feels like. And I don't think it's going to be much of a drop-off for Garrett Wilson. But to me, if they get those, he loses two targets per game to these other guys or three targets per game. And, I mean, you know, there's there's the talk coming out that Rodgers is a real big fan of Corey Davis as well. Sure. Yeah, he's definitely so, a factor. So it's, it's, it's not that I don't like Garrett Wilson. It's just that I like guys more than Garrett Wilson. <laughs> And, and you're saying at that cost, it's just too rich for you. 
Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just that thing that yeah, like I said, if I was in startup draft, I'm probably picking the other three guys that I mentioned before, probably ahead of Garrett Wilson, just because I like their and especially with someone like an Armand Ra St. Brown, he's got no real competition there at the moment. Mm. Yeah. You know, so you're looking at his competition and it's it's Marvin Jones. It's Josh Reynolds. It's it's no one. It is like exactly. I was looking because I was looking at the um, opening night sort of depth charts. I'm like, okay, how will the Lions do against the Chiefs? It's Amonra. Mm, There's exactly. no one else. There's no one else. You know, so James, Jameson six weeks before he comes back. Uh, look, this that would this might also change too because I actually think a sneaky, really good sign. Well, it's not even sneaky, but a really good signing for them that would completely transform this team is if they sign DeAndre Hopkins. Mm, I completely agree. I don't think it'll happen, but if it did happen, then that changes some of my perspective about some of those guys. So that that was literally my, my whole cost. It was everyone's been hoisting Garrett Wilson up, but it was just one of my things where I was like, Jalen Models had two seasons in the NFL and he's gone for a thousand yards in both seasons. And last yeah. year he had 75 catches and he went for what was it, like 1300 yards or something like that. Something ridiculous. And it's like, you know, it's just him and Tyreek are the only guys catching the balls in, in Miami. Yep. Similar situation there to Detroit. It's just those, it's just those guys show. Um, if you want to hear that episode, you should go back and watch it on YouTube. I'd appreciate that and listen to it on Apple and Spotify. These uh, string of shows have been going really well. I've been really enjoying them. Um, awesome programming coming ahead for the next uh, few months. So through July, we're going to be doing some really cool shows on um, college quarterbacks that we like and that we might be thinking about drafting in 2024. Um, we'll do sort of like a little sort of summer um, summer scouting sort of review of some running backs as well and wide receivers. Those will come through July. And then once August hits, we're going to start getting into the actual sort of preseason NFL games. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's not like some people just don't even watch preseason. For me, I think it's like one of my most exciting times of the year because that's where you get to sort of pan. It's almost like panning for gold. You're looking at all these guys and you're trying to find diamonds in the rough. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, go. So, no, no, no. I was just going to say in, in, with that, I usually like to watch some of the, the those games because I like to see who plays in it. Like last mm. year, I was quite interested to see how Jalen, like Jalen Hurts played in the first, at least the first yep. game and looked really good in that first game that I actually went, do you know what? I actually think he could be in for a big year here. If that's, yeah, and it's weird yeah. to say that because if you have favourite guys that you like, sometimes you'll look at them and you'll go, oh, look what they did in preseason. Look at this. Yeah. If you've got a guy you don't like and they play terrible, you can go, see, what did I tell you? They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. If, they play, <laughs> if they play really well, you can then go, oh, but it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so, exactly. So, but I, I, it's not necessarily that I'm sitting there banking the whole this guy's going to be fantastic because of his preseason performance against the third string guys. But I just like to see who they play with and just how comfortable they can look. And that's one of the things I like to look at in the rookies. Yeah. You see some of these rookies, like rookie quarterbacks and they're playing. It's just go, it's, it's not full speed of NFL just yet. If that makes sense. Like, especially mm. if they're playing with the second string or the third string team, but it's just like, it's that step up from college. And do you look comfortable in that step up? And if you look comfortable in that step up, 
I have a lot more faith that you're going to be comfortable in that next step up when you come and it's like, right, here's week one of the season. You're thrown out there. You're facing this, you know, really scary defense that's out there. Mm. So it, it's just, it's like a, I like to see how they look as opposed to going, I'm going to pin all my hopes on this game here, week three of preseason against guys who won't even get a second chance to to come to a trip like next year's training camp sort of thing. So, But it's, it's one of the few times in the entire NFL year, the entire calendar, where what we see on the field can literally translate to uh, NFL success, but also fantasy success. Like... Like, I mean, the poster boy for it now is Kenny Galladay, right? Like when he, he had an, like, he was a sort of like a, like a relatively underwhelming um, unknown talent. I think like a few people were on him coming into the, um, through the draft process. But then once preseason broke out, it was like, whoa, who's this guy? And sure enough, that translated to Detroit and the coaches do the same thing. If they see impressive performances like that from, from players, it can sort of translate there. So I love that part of it it also creates those narratives that we saw last year though as well like oh my god josh jacobs is playing a hefty workload in the hall of fame game he's definitely on his way out zamir white is coming in um and it just didn't transpire at all so it's going to be a really exciting time um but before we get to that so we sort of had this like one show where i was like umming and ahhing about like how did i want to spend this one last final show before we have like really sort of like full-on NFL's here season scheduling. And I wanted to, we're in the midst of the Scott Fishbowl, which has been um, very exciting. I'm, a, I'm in a very good uh, division, a very good group of guys from all over the world. We've got some guys from Croatia, from Italy, uh, plenty of US people as well, and then myself. So I thought that this would be a great opportunity because for me, I don't know about you, Brad, but for me, I like I loathe mock draft episodes of podcasts and I understand why they're important and it's good to get perspective. But when you're doing a mock draft, you know, you're sort of like, oh, would I draft DJ Moore or would I draft Hollywood Brown? And you do one draft and you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take DJ Moore. And then you do another draft and you're like, I'll take um, Brown. But when we're looking at this kind of situation where we are actually drafting for our actual teams and there's things on the line, this is where you actually start to make the actual crucial decisions of, wait, who would I rather have? Would I rather have DJ Moore or Hollywood Brown? And so you sort of start to get that better translation. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about where we're up to, how it's going, what our thought processes are, and how we think we're going to finish it. Because I'm about halfway through mine. You're a bit behind, though. Yeah, we are currently in round seven. We're right at the end of round seven. So um, it's the seven uh, round seven pick twelve is now on the clock. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're a little bit behind from you, but I, I'm the same with with these Scott Fishbowl mock drafts that you see. Like that they can come in handy for some sorts of things, but everything changes from division, like just in the real thing, from division mm. to division. Yeah. So like I'm seeing, um, and I know we spoke about it in. Um, in, in our chat that we have, but you know, some of these guys have been saying, Oh, I got Justin Fields at pick 10 and I got him at pick 11. I got yep. him at pick nine. He was gone at pick four in mine. Yeah. Pick five or something. Yeah. Like, he was gone earlier. Yeah. He was gone early. So it's sort of like, well, you know, none of, and you know, you're seeing a lot of these mock drafts and you can see guys that are like, Oh, you know, I got Justin Jefferson at pick, you know, he was at pick 11 or whatever. And, um, yeah, he's pick seven in mine. He went, yeah. he and Christian McCaffrey went before, right before I could pick, but that was helpful for me. Cause so I, uh, peek behind the curtain of my draft. So, 
Um, I got Justin Fields at the 109. He was my first pick and then Justin Herbert went off. But yeah, Jefferson and McCaffrey were just before that. And if it was only possible because they didn't go quarterback first, those two people in front of me. Yeah, so like a lot of people in our um, group chat that we're in were saying, you know, they're picking up Fields at 10. Yep. Fields went at pick seven in yep. mine. And Justin Jefferson went pick nine. Yeah. So a lot of these mocks where you're seeing people who are able to get Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at the turn at 12 and uh, round uh, 112 and 2-1, like they, they, they were Justin Jefferson was gone by pick nine in my draft. So any of those mock drafts, even if I, I didn't, I don't do any of the Scott Fish mock drafts in the, the other yeah. years I've been in because it never plays out that way. It never does. And what I wanted to start with while we're talking about this first round was I feel like, so let's talk about Travis Kelsey because I, and um, the, the difference between Scott, this Scott, fishbowl draft and maybe your regular redraft that you're probably going to be participating in this season is uh, it heavily, heavily favors the tight end. So they get an extra point for the catch um, for PPR for catching and a first down. They also get now as well, but I think tight ends also get an extra point again as well. Is that right? Yeah. So like if they, if they were to get a catch for a first down, it's like, instead of it being the point for the catch, so you get the point for the catch, you get the point for the first down, and then you also get a point because it's tight end as well. Yeah. So, you so know, it's hugely weighted towards tight ends this year. Yeah. So for example, a 12 yard Travis Kelsey, Kelsey touchdown will net you like something like 10, 11, 12 points, as opposed to maybe like the seven that you're probably used to, to getting. Yeah. So with that said, and I feel like people weren't really, like there wasn't too much talk about it. People weren't really chatting about it until in the very last few days, there was quite a few industry mocks and people started to be like, hey, you know, like it is entirely possible that we start seeing Travis Kelsey 101. And I was like, wow, that's 101 would be insane. Having said that, I'm looking at my draft. Mahomes went first. Kelsey went second. Hertz went three. Mm. I saw, I've seen a fair few, um, having a quick look at some of these other mock drafts, there's, there has been, a, uh, not mock drafts, but draft results. There were a lot more um, that Travis Kelsey went 101. And mm-hmm. from the live drafts that happened that kicked everything off, they had a, uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone posted the data that gets updated constantly. And yeah, I'm just average, grabbing average it draft, now. Average draft position for those live drafts, Travis Kelsey was the 101. Mm-hmm. Consensus one by one in all of those drafts were Travis Kelsey because it's just totally unfair how good he is and yeah. how this scoring helps a guy like Travis Kelsey. Because, like you said, a 10, 11 yard touchdown for Travis Kelsey nets you, you know, 12 points or whatever it is compared yep. to, compared to, like you said, it's a massive difference when. Justin Jefferson gets a first down for 12 yards and a touchdown. And it's like, okay, there's seven points. And then Travis Kelsey, it's like, well, there's 12, 13, whatever it might be. It's almost double. So it's just, you know, if he has some of those games that he's had in the last couple of years where he gets 10 catches for 140 yards and three touchdowns, he's going to end up with nearly 70 points or something. So I'm on spike week. And the uh, his ADP, so his complete average draft across all, so there's 250 divisions. 250 leagues was the third pick. Basically there was only one league where someone got him at 110 and one league where someone got him at 109. So to give you a bit of context, there was a lot of, there was at least a hundred people who were drafting him with the first two picks. 
So that was a huge advantage for those. And um, while we're talking about these huge advantages, so then the, basically whichever way you shape it, this this pretty much every draft I think started with either like some combination of Mahomes, Kelsey, Hertz, Allen, Jackson, and Burrow. I would say was sort of like the always the first top five six picks. I'm having a look at your draft. Yeah, yours is exactly the same as mine. Yeah. Um, I've always hated third round reversal, which is another crucial factor of Scott Fishbowl. However, this year, I feel like it makes sense more this year than it ever has before with all these um, dual threat quarterbacks and um, the top end, the premier talent. Yeah. So, I mean, just to it, last year in the Scott Fishbowl, I was picking from the 12 spot in a league and it was mostly mostly a bunch of the um Aussie guys that we mm. that we know and last year in the Scott Fishbowl I started my first because I had the third round reversal so I started my draft off my first three rounds I went Justin Jefferson at 12 mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey at um the first pick of the second round and then with the first bad. Pick, and then with the first pick of the third round I had Jamar Chase Oh. That was that was how I started my draft last year. Then my next two picks after that were Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yeah, that's so, nice. So I, I ended up finishing in the top. I, yeah, I was going to say, did you win? <clears throat> I ended up finishing in about the top 150 in all yeah. of Scott Fishbowl last year. That's amazing. So there's 3,400 in this one, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So last year there was, I think it was about 2,800 last year. And yeah, I, know I think it was the, around the 3,000 mark again. Yeah, yeah, and I saw, like, I went back and I found a tweet that I had. There was a week where I actually finished in the top 10 for the whole 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 week of Scott Fishbowl out of all the 2,800, 3,000 people, I was number 10 for that week. That and is I had, amazing. I think, I think I actually ended up having about three weeks that, uh, three weeks last year where I ended up with over 200 points in, in these. And, you know, this, this top 10 one that I finished, the only reason I ended up not finishing first at this, uh, I think there was like a Monday night game where might have even been like that one of those Monday night games where Travis Kelsey had the three or four touchdowns. Yep. And that was the only the reason. Four touchdowns, these, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the only reason why these like nine people in front of me finished with yeah with more points was because of something like that. But, you know, it's – I think you're right, though. Like this year, that third-round reversal has changed so much because of yeah. the, the the tight end um, the drop scoring. Off, in. But the drop-off is, is – I think it's a lot sharper now than it sort of ever has been. Like – if we so we look at the the first picks Mahomes, Kelsey, Hertz, Allen, Jackson, Burrow, wide receivers like Jefferson, they're not as val they don't hold as much value. So the other thing that I should probably mention is um, you get a quarter of a point per rush attempt. So once again, workhorse running backs get a huge bump. So you can see like McCaffrey goes, Eckler goes. And Derek Henry, like these types of players get a bit of a bump. But I still feel like after those first six players, maybe even seven, um, once you start to get to Justin Herbert, I think Justin Herbert is just a little bit un- like he's he's under that. He's into sort of getting into that next tier of player. Yeah. And I think there might actually be one other guy who he was my first pick of the third round who could end up. <laughs> In yes. this type of scoring, uh, in that upper ech- upper echelon, just based off of his rushing, and I mean, yeah. we've already mentioned him previously on a couple of our other shows. Rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, yeah, because of that, like his his rushing, his rushing upside, and like a Daniel Jones is another guy who. Mm. 
could be a guy who they finished quite well this year in the Scott Fish Bowl type of scoring just based off of the fact that they use their legs so much. And, yeah, you know, like you said, that rush attempt, that, that you know, 10 rushing attempts, you know, there's a few extra points there. You throw on the yards involved, the touchdowns, yeah. all those sorts of things. It's, um, yeah, it, it definitely is tailored. And you're even just seeing that with just normal fantasy now. It's more, the more and more the athletic quarterbacks are coming through the more and more that they're rising to the top of the fantasy football scoring and becoming the more desirable players, even if they're not as good with their other stats. Yep. And um, this is what we'll see for Anthony Richardson over the next two years is he will really sort of live and die in this um, ability to rush, but also what will he look like as a passer? Will that keep him alive? I guess it all depends on can the Colts win games. So just the last thing I'll touch on in the first round, and then we'll actually sort of start to get into our teams. But um, so the second tight end, Mark Andrews, he was in a similar position in both of our drafts. So in mine, he was a first round pick. He went at the 111 because, again, Incredibly talented, very valuable. In yours, he went uh, in the set. He was the 201. And then you had Kittle go at the 203 um, not long after that. Whereas in mine, uh, the next tight end, which was TJ Hawkinson. So Kittle in mine went at the 401 and TJ Hawkinson went at the 308. So the entire second round, no one took a tight end. And it wasn't until the back end, sort of starting to get to the back end of the third that the next tight end went. And I feel like that helped me get insane value i mean i look the whole thing could be a complete dumpster fire but i'm ready to get hurt again with kyle pitts i got kyle pitts the 504 which i was actually looking again back on spike week um at all the people who drafted kyle pitts um which has been quite a lot now he was his average draft position has been the uh what are we looking here so average draft position is 46 overall so that would make him what 12, 24, 36. So just inside, just at the end of the third round um, is where I'm seeing him drafted the most. Um, Yeah, so he went, I'm just looking at my draft, he was the tight end five and he went 407 in 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 my league. Yep, so Spike Week, you can, what I love about Spike Week is you can um, order it by... Uh, descending of when the picks were taken. So the latest anyone has got him is the 606. Hasn't been any later than 606. And yeah, I got him in that 504 sort of range. So not bad, but let's jump into, and then there sort of has been a bit of a run on tight ends eventually, but it took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, Let's jump into your team, Brad. We'll start off with your first two picks. They're kind of similar and what you were thinking. So I was... Like I said, and maybe this is, I don't do the mocks, but I was sort of looking at how other drafts were playing out and sort of thought that at that pick 11, I would be able to get one of these quarterbacks. So yeah, didn't end up happening that way. Um, like I said, the first of the first 10 picks, there were eight quarterbacks in yeah. the first, first 10 picks. So the only two non-quarterbacks were Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey. So when it came to my pick, I had I was banking on either I was hoping that it was either going to be a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields there. When they weren't there, my next best I had Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they were gone. I then went with Jamar Chase. So Jamar Chase was the guy because I sort of thought, well, I don't necessarily want to um, reach. 
on a quarterback in mm-hmm. there when you could get a guy like a Jamar Chase yep. there. So then when it came, so then the next two picks after me were Christian McCaffrey and um, Mark Andrews. Yeah. So it came back to me again. And I went for the guy who potentially, based off of how he was used last year, no one would be absolutely surprised if for some reason he ends up with 2,000 yards receiving this year or 2,000 scrimmage yards because of what he can do. And that's Tyreek Hill. Yep. So I've got, so I started off my draft at the 111 with Jamar Chase. And then at the 202, uh, I had got Tyreek Hill. So I loaded up on wide receiver early and I'm going for that whole. I'm expecting these guys to just score big straight away each week. And that's sort of how I'm going to base my team off of to start with is just the, I guess, like a bully wide receiver type of thing. Take the two best guys who Mm. I think have the best chance of scoring maybe the most points. And to me, the two of those, two of the, so the first three receivers were Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase. I legitimately think that the other two guys, so the two guys I've picked, have a chance at finishing as wide receiver one this year. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, it is, it, like, this is a different strategy was to go receiver, receiver. And it was like I was saying just before, the receivers, they're not at the same advantage that the other player gets, the other positions get. However, having said that, like, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, they're, they're in, like, a different stratosphere to all the other receivers. It's, it's, it's almost like Travis Kelsey, the difference in their production and what they are capable of. So I like it. It's a good start. It's a really good start. And it's, it's a bit similar to what I was saying why I like Jalen Waddle in Dynasty more than a Garrett Wilson is when you look at the Miami playbook, it's Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, are op- well, Tyreek Hill's option one. Tyreek Hill is then option 1A mm. and then 1B. So he's pretty much the first read for like, it's Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Then it's Jalen Waddle. You, like, you'd be hard for people to find out who the tight end is. For Miami, a lot of people probably wouldn't even know. Durham Smythe. I was yeah, looking, like, looking at him today. <laughs> but it's like... Just sickos like us. Yeah, but it's like that the third wide receiver was Trent Sherfield. Yep. And his most notable play last year was he was the guy standing in the end zone when they had the butt punt. Yep. <laughs> that's his most notable play of the season. So if if that's all you, that you need to know... Yeah, and um, can't forget Cedric Wilson as well. Huge oh, acquisition from the Cowboys. Yeah, so I mean... To, to me, like you said, is there's that clear tier of quarterback. There's that clear tier of tight end, which is really, it's Travis Kelsey is the yeah. tight end tier. And then there's that tier of wide receiver who, you know, this season, it like you, you've mentioned the guys there too, but it could have also been really on the Raiders, depending on who's quarterback, Devontae Adams. Like that's the tier of yep. receiver. So for me to sit there and go, I've got two of those guys from that tier, I'm more than happy to forego. Um, like I said, there I, I missed out on George Kittle, uh, TJ Hawkinson, but I'm more than happy to lose out on those guys to have these two wide receivers to start my team off. No, and it's fair enough. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, not a bad start. So Mine, I got extremely lucky at the start because, like I was saying, so all the big-name quarterbacks and Kelsey were gone. Then Jefferson and McCaffrey went, which 
in no mock did I do that I ever end up in this position, but I was able to get fields, which I feel very fortunate about because in most mocks that I did, I was landing Justin Herbert and then really sort of struggling to think of who I was going to come back around with. So to get fields, I felt extremely fortunate. And then I sort of, um, so I'm drafting at the 109. Uh, so then Mark Andrews went after Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler went, Jamar Chase went, Nick Chubb went. I really, really, really wanted Nick Chubb. I thought in this format, if he does get the pass catching work that we're all hearing, he would be an absolute steal. And then once he had gone, uh, once he had gone, for me it was between Cooper Cup and I was looking at B. John Robinson. Um, Cooper Cup went, and it's funny because the person who uh, took Cooper Cup from me was uh, sort of in a similar position also looking at those two. I punted on B. John Robinson, of course, not knowing how the draft is going to look going forward for me. And there's a lot of my team, and we'll get to it, where I, it's starting to reach the point where I think a lot has to sort of break right to, and fall my way for to have a good team. So um, I did take B. John Robinson. I think that he... Like, I'm hoping he will have a Zeke-type rookie season, a Barkley-type rookie season. You know, my first year playing fantasy football was 2016 um, when I got – I think I took – Jeremy Macklin was my first pick. Uh, Russell Wilson was my second pick. And then my third pick was Zeke. And Zeke basically just took my team and carried it the entire season. (laughs) So I'm hoping for that kind of uh, happening again with Bijan. Yeah, and that that offense with having the the playmaking ability where he can play out wide, like you know, he he's it, a lot of these also receivers who get used in the passing game a lot almost feel like in the way they're the receiver version of the cheat code that yeah. the quarterbacks have. If they're getting a lot of yeah. receiving work as well, that's when you can utilize them in fantasy a fair bit because, like I said, they they might not have the best game on the ground running wise, mm. but they've always got to get that work in the passing game as well to give you that little bit extra. So I like that pick. I I like that pick. He was there for me to pick at the time, but as I said, try and go the two, two of the best in that passing group, pass catching group. But uh yeah. Bijan went at pick six two oh six. Yeah. I just I felt like with no Jefferson Chase or Cup and no McCaffrey Eckler or Chubb. He was just like, this was sort of the next tier for me. I feel like I just missed out on one of those just elite, elite players that everyone wants. And um, so, yeah. And look, the other thing you'll have to understand about the way I draft as well is there's a big part of me that does draft to, I draft the guys that I want to watch and Bijan, someone that I want to watch and be able to cheer for on, on Sundays or in this our case, Mondays. So that was also part of it. I could have gone Derrick Henry who went 209, but I wasn't feeling it. I was like, I'm not sure about Stefan Diggs as my second pick. Um, Tyreek Hill would have been, could have been a, a really good pick. Uh, he didn't go till 211 in mine. And then Jonathan Taylor, you know, I'm out on as well. So, um, yeah, I was fairly happy with the start of Fields and Bijan. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like I said, I, I like that that start as well. But I'm, just, I'm looking at my um, draft board and I noticed that at the draft that I'm in, it, it has a lot of runs of a yes. position group. Yours does. Mine does not. So it went quarterback, quarterback, tight end. Then there was five quarterbacks in a row. So then when we get – that was round one. So then we get to round two, we get um, – Eckler and Bijan, then Deshaun Watson went. So within the first round and a half, there was nine quarterbacks gone. So yeah. then at the, then you look at the back end of that 
uh, second round, it goes Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, and Saquon, and then Tony Pollard. Yeah. So that was the next four picks. So I had the uh, 302, and I, as mentioned, picked Anthony Richardson. Uh, yes. And so we, we should talk about him because I also picked Anthony Richardson, but it was a bit later. So I grabbed him because then after, after I picked him there, uh, Dak Prescott and Tua went with the next two picks. And then at the end of the third round and going into the fourth, it went Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think that Anthony Richardson, I, I can almost guarantee Anthony Richardson mm. wasn't going to be there uh, yeah. when when it came around for my next pick. So I had to get him because I've also got in um, the league that I'm in, I've got uh, Danny Kelly from The Ringer, yeah, who's a big Anthony Richardson fan, who I felt like I was sitting there looking at the draft board and there were so many other people that I could have picked, but I went, I want Anthony Richardson for that rushing upside. Yeah. I, I can almost guarantee he's not going to be there come the, my next pick, which would have been the 411. So I would have had, what was it, 10 picks, then so I would have had 20 odd picks between, um, you know, 22, 23 picks between when uh, my next one was. So I could guarantee that Anthony Richardson wasn't going to be there. So I grabbed him for that rushing upside. But as you were, as you were mentioning, the um, the rushes per attempt. So yeah. I, w- I want to ask you about that while we're talking about it. So you took mm-hmm. him before Dak and before Tua. Yes. I understand before Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. What, what, what do you think was your thinking? Because I know we've been talking like a lot. Um, I've, it, it might be the case that uh, because it's Scott Fishbowl, you got to shoot for upside, completely understand that. But in a, probably a regular redraft, you might not have gone that exact order, or do you think you would? Do you want? Do you like Anthony Richardson that much? You have said that you're extremely high on him in our yeah. first episode. So, so I'm, I, I am extremely high on him, but I, you look at it, the, the – thing that I think of last year is what did Daniel Jones finish last year quarterback-wise? He was in the top 12, was he? Yes. Let me uh, bring that one up on. While you're, while you're doing that, but Daniel Jones finished really high. He threw 15 touchdowns for the season. Yeah. What's stopping Anthony Richardson from doing the same? Like just pure rushing upside, not very many touchdowns like through the air. But if, if Anthony Richardson has that same sort of season, like rushing wise that um, Daniel Jones had throws 15 touchdowns and then just uses his legs and is averaging 50, 60, 70 yards per game on the ground, he could be like, and I'm also Mm. looking at it as the, the concept of each year you get the guy who's the steel, who, way outperforms their draft position. So you could say that last year for Daniel Jones, because, uh, you know, he was going extremely late in um, most drafts that we were seeing in the Scott Fishbowl last year. He finished QB9. Yeah, QB9. Yeah. And he threw 15 touchdowns. Yeah, 15 so, touchdowns, three, 3,200 yards, receive, uh, yeah, yards, sorry, passing only 317 completions in that as well. Yeah. So, you know, the. Yeah. And also with this, I'm also sort of, I have a feeling he's going to end up somewhere between a Daniel Jones and a Jalen Hurts of what he was last year. Jalen Hurts obviously has the better receivers in Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and AJ Brown. But he's probably got, like Anthony Richardson's probably got better receivers than what Daniel Jones had on the Giants. Mm. 
when the Giants were having to trot out Richie James, who's a punt returner. You know, these guys who yeah. um picking these guys up off of the scrap heap who were on weren't even on practice squads to play for them. And you know, Isaiah Hodgins and Isaiah Hodgins, just because Brian Dable knew him. Knew he could yeah, trust exactly. Him. No exactly. other reason. So I, I sort of think he could finish like his absolute ceiling, I feel like, is somewhere between what Jalen Hurts did last year and what Daniel Jones did. So I like I could honestly see him just off rushing upside alone and with that Shane Steichen offense that he's going to be running in Indy, I could see him finishing in that QB, like his absolute ceiling, that QB six, seven, eight range sort of thing, yeah. just based off of his rushing alone. So, yeah. And like I said, I really wanted to get him on a team and I knew he wasn't going yeah, to be same. there from my pick. So I'm like, I'm taking him now. I want to get him. I want to get my quarterback. And then um, and then going then into round four, uh, we had a bit, uh, as I mentioned, we had Kyle Pitts go. So I ended up taking at the four, uh, 4.11. I took Dallas Goddard as my tight end from there, which I actually feel like is, is actually pretty decent value. Yeah. Um, and a guy who will get targeted a fair bit in that Philadelphia offense. So, yeah. like we said, we're trying to pick these guys who are at tight end who have that chance to do really well, have that ability to, um, I guess you could say, make get those extra catches that make that little bit of a leap, and he's definitely one of those guys. So he was my first tight end that I got off the board. Who did yeah. you get in round three and four? So uh, I, I did take Armin Ross St. Brown at the 304 with, with that third round reversal. CeeDee Lamb and AJ Brown had just gone in front of him. Devonta Adams is on the other side. I'm not huge on Devonta Adams uh, this year. I didn't take Jalen Waddle because I've got him on my dynasty team and I like to diversify. I don't, I don't like having the same players on all my rosters, um, which is not good strategy as well. But I just, you know, if you lose one, you lose like your entire fantasy season is over on all your teams. So um, and then Garrett Wilson was one of the other ones that went in the fourth round. So I thought um, considering the elite receivers had gone, Amon Ra, I'm, I'm keen to get a piece of the Detroit Lions this season, and I'm glad I got him there. Um, so then there was a run of Daniel Jones, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, TJ Hawkinson. So TJ Hawkinson was the third tight end taken, and it was at the 308. So like I was saying before, he really – all our tight ends got really far uh, pushed back. Um, George Kittle went in the 401. So once we got to Tua going, so Tua went 311, Aaron Rodgers went 312. Um, and I'd said to you guys in the group chat, I was sort of like, hey, I've got, I think I've got this like insane, crazy idea. I'm thinking of taking Anthony Richardson in the fourth round with my 409 pick. And then, of course, we started to talk about it and I was like, Oh wait, that's not crazy at all. In fact, if he's still there at four oh nine, I'll be insanely lucky. So I had this um probably I'd say about eight to twelve hour period where I'm just sitting there watching my draft unfold. Tua goes, and I was sort of thinking, okay, between Anthony Richardson and now there's still Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Jared Goff. There's people after him as well, like Russell Wilson, Jordan Love. Maybe people are interested in them, but I will need some sort of miracle to break my way in order for that to happen. And when Tua went, Aaron Rodgers went next, Kittle went, and then Geno Smith. So three of those quarterbacks that I mentioned all went within four picks. And I was like, okay, that's it. I just may as well move on. This is not going to happen because there's still a bunch of teams that needed quarterbacks. Uh, There's a bunch of teams who only had one quarterback and I just considered it over. But then Ramondre Stevenson went 
Jared Goff went. And then again, I was like, okay, Jared Goff is gone. Now Anthony Richardson's the next one up in the um, average draft position. Najee went, Garrett Wilson went. And then the person two picks ahead of me took Russell Wilson and he was behind Anthony Richardson in ADP, but he didn't have any other quarterbacks at that point. He drafted other skill positions. So I think for him in his mind, he was like, I've we're in the fourth round and I don't have a quarterback. I can't let that rest on a rookie who we don't know what he's going to look like. I think he wanted sort of a bit more of a known commodity in Russell Wilson. And that's why he went that way. And then lo and behold, the guy picking just before me, he already had two quarterbacks. So you're not going to pick a third court. You're not going to go running back, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You're going to go to some other skill position. And I was like, okay, this is it. I've done it. I've got Anthony Richardson. And sure enough, here we are today. I thought that the um, I thought I was incredibly lucky to pair Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson together. It's going to be a very <laughs> run first team it's, I'm building. It's going to be fun to watch though. Yeah, hundred percent. Because and when you just back to your Armin Ra, um, I was also trying to get a piece of the Lions on yeah. my team. Yeah, and I actually had marked down my guy who I wanted in that fourth round went one pick before me. Oh, no. So we had in the fourth round, Kyle Pitts goes at pick seven. Pick eight was Najee Harris. Pick nine was Travis Etienne. And pick 10 was Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I wanted Jameer Gibbs so badly. And he <laughs> was one snipes. pick before me. So I got sniped. But I got yeah. Dallas Goddard, which I'm glad that I picked up because the um, the guy who was picking behind me, who took Aaron Rodgers? He then also he then took Keenan Allen with his next pick. He also had he had Mark Andrews. He actually mm. mentioned, even though he had Mark Andrews, he was going to take Dallas Goddard to try that real like I'm putting my two yeah. tight ends out every single week and I'm going to absolutely boss everyone when I play. Them. Yeah, so it's um, what Dan's doing. Yeah. So and then uh, so then going on from mine, as I've mentioned, my draft was a full amount of just runs on position groups. So yeah. Mm. Um, Round five, uh, Keenan Allen went. Then after me, uh, so I'll leave my pick for a second, but the pick after me was Devontae Smith, so it was wide receiver again. So my pick that I got in round five was T. Higgins. So now my wide receiver room is Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and T. Higgins. That's nice. To go with Dallas Goddard. How do you feel about the same team stack pairing? It's not a stack, it's a pair. If... I'm trying to think of how to word this. If it was certain teams, I'd be worried. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like the, the Bengals. It's a different beast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and that's why, like, if I'd happened to have been able to get Jalen Waddle, would not have been too upset about it. Yeah. Because of how the, the offense is constructed. Like, that whole passing game is run through Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Yeah. With some sprinkling in of Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon here and there, whoever's playing tight end at the time because it's changed the last couple of seasons. But... If it was, say, uh, I'm trying to think of it, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, mm. I'd be worried if I had two of Kansas City. So I'll give you I'll give you an example. Um, I acquired DK Metcalf today, and I've already got Justin Jefferson on my team. And in our rookie draft, which is coming up, I've got these, the basically the start of the wide receiver run. So I could take Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. But there's part of me that's like, is that good strategy? Is that good process? I don't like always having the same receivers on the same team on my fantasy team because you sort of do cap your upside at some point you you do but i also think sometimes too especially if you're playing dynasty it depends on who that other receiver is so for me like having dk and then getting jackson smith and jigba 
Mm. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world because how many more good years does Tyler Lockett have? He's got that's- two two that affect the cap this year and next year. Yeah. So next year his yeah. dead cap, I think, is like nineteen million. And then after that it's done. And then like, but you know, what's his production going to be like in those next couple of years? Like he's he's an older sort of guy. Yeah, he's You're- coming, he'll be 33 next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jordan Addison, I like. Uh, would like as a pick if you had a Justin Jefferson just because rookie, it's, his competition there is um, KJ Osborne. Yes. Uh, you know, that's that's a guy that, you know, okay. Like, But if I had, if say if it was uh, Justin Jefferson and they had, say, DeAndre Hopkins as well, mm. just for instance, you've got yeah. him and it's DeAndre Hopkins of, say, three years ago. If that was the case, then I'd probably be like, okay, I'm going to fade Jordan Addison because DeAndre Hopkins would be, you know, this age, whatever sort of thing. So I really do think it depends on who's there. Mm. You look at, like I said, you look at Cincinnati, it's a young Jamar Chase. It's a young T Higgins who's in a contract year as well. And it's Tyler Boyd. But when the whole passing game is funneled through those two main guys... I don't, I'm happy to do it. But like you said, it just depends on team to team, situation to situation. So like if I had to pick a, a Kansas City wide receiver this year, I'm only, I would only be picking one. Yes. If I, had to, if I had to pick a Green Bay wide receiver this year, I'd only be taking one. Yes. If I had a had to get a Denver Broncos receiver, I'm only taking one just based off of how the team's constructed at the time. Actually, Denver Broncos is perfect for this. Mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Yes. And then Marvin Mims. I wouldn't take, I wouldn't do that just based off of who's there. Mm. So, um, but no, so I was happy with that. So your team now at this point is Jamar Chase, Terry Kill, T Higgins, and you've got Anthony Richardson and Dallas got it. Yeah. And so then going then into the sixth round, I saw. Can we just pause there? I just want to pause there for one second and talk about Devonta Smith because, like, obviously Dan's not on the show um, at the moment, but he did say, hey, don't forget to talk about my team. So, Dan, here's me talking about your team. (laughs) He... He went Trevor Lawrence, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Devonta Smith, Jared Goff, Drake London, David Montgomery as his first seven picks. How are we feeling about Devonta Smith, your wide receiver one? Yeah, see, that's that's one of those things where just based off of how the team's constructed, it's probably like to me, if I was doing that team, like Devonta, he so Devonta went straight after T Higgins. So to me, that's the place mm. for my team where Devonta would be because I've mm. got Chase, I've got Tyreek Hill. Looking at some of these other teams, one of the other guys in my league has Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Yeah, Devonte would. That, be it's scary. Pick. That's scary. Yeah, Devonte yeah. would. Devonte would be a great pick. But you're looking at some of the like, um, like some of these other teams. Another guy has AJ Brown, Chris Olave. Like yes. to me, to me, that's where Devonte needs to come in when you've got that sort of team. I'm a bit worried. There's someone else here. Let me have a look. Oh, so his first receiver is CD Lamb. Yeah. His next receiver after that is Jerry Judy. Yeah. Now I'm sort of going, Devonta could be the good second there, but I'd want, like, so to me, yeah. especially for some of these sorts of things, redraft and everything, Devonta's probably more my, I would have been targeting him as my third receiver yes. at his highest. I don't yeah. want to have him as my, he's my number one receiver just because of the AJ Brown and the Dallas Goddard factor. Yeah, and that. 
that's ultimately where I landed as well. I'm looking at my league, uh, team one drafting. They drafted their first receiver as Keenan Allen at 512 and then Debo Samuel at 6-1. I'm not. And there's team three as well, went quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back, running back, and then drafted two receivers. Their wide receiver, one is Jerry Judy, and their wide receiver, two, is Chris Godwin. Now, Jerry Judy at 6'3", Chris Godwin at 7'10". I'm comfortable with that. Like, I'm not looking at that on Sunday and going, oh, gee, I hope that they don't destroy me. And this is the thing about Dan's team that I do like. Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, you're like, oh, God, that's terrifying. But then you look down and you see his wide receiver, one and two, Devonta Smith and Drake London, you're like, Huh. shouldn't be too tricky, I would yeah. think. Yeah, and I think too, just um, we'll, I'll, I'll breeze through the rest of my team in a minute, but um, yeah. just like I, I don't have a running back at this stage. Yes. So it, for me, it's going to be sitting there and there's some running backs on the board who we'll get to soon that I like, but you you look at who's on the board and I'm going, okay, if I can get a couple of these running backs who are, 65% of what yep. an Austin Eckler and a Derrick Henry get. Yes, I'm going to lose out on that, but then his Devonta Smith and Drake London is going to be less than 65% of my Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, T Higgins. Yeah. Um, the other thing for me, I think, is just like I need to have a wide receiver one on their team to be on my wide receiver one on my team is kind of where I like. And that's why I was big on getting Armand Russ and Brown was like, it's irrefutable. He is the only receiver until week eight that is on that team. Um, and you'll see like my my second and third receivers on my team, like I drafted them way, way later, round seven and eight. But there's wide receivers, ones on their teams. And I'm like, like to what you're saying to your point, you know, you can wait on running back like you've done because running backs appear out of nowhere. It, you will get to week four, week five, and there'll be like starting running backs that you can claim off waivers. Um, and there's also like, and we'll, we'll continue on my teams as soon as well, but you see some of my later picks um, in the sixth and the ninth, like they're still starting running backs on their team. Yeah. And so that's that's sort of where I'm sort of leaning. I wanted to get some of the the elite number ones. Mm. T Higgins too to me could be a number one on yep. any team that's yep. nearly any team that's not the Cincinnati Bengals. For your wide receiver three to still be that kind of caliber of elite wide receiver. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's awesome. I'm happy with that. So yeah. After after that, I decided to uh so after my T Higgins pick, I decided to um so I've only had two picks since the T Higgins. So I went um, and it was just literally based off of who the best quarterback available at the time was. And that was Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I grabbed him once again. You... <laughs> no. Uh, that, was, was that not part of the process? Was No, I, I wasn't actually going to get Bryce Young. I got to that round. I went, I want a quarterback. So the quarterbacks that went. Uh, oh yeah. I can see having seen the quarterbacks going after Bryce Young. I can see the logic. Yeah, so Matthew Stafford went beforehand. Then it was Jordan Love, uh, Derek Carr, and Kyler Murray, who I don't – like, is Kyler going to play? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I grabbed Bryce Young. Also, too, there is a chance he might uh, do a bit of running as well, use the legs. So once yeah. again, it's, it's that prospect of upside from there. And then my final pick that I had is I went to grab a – I started another mini tight end run from this. I grabbed another yeah. tight end, and I grabbed Evan Ingram. <laughs> Who was practically ahead. a receiver as well. Yeah, exactly. So I grabbed him ahead of Pat Frymuth and Cole Komet, and yeah. then later was David and Joku. So 
Uh, so just go recapping my team quickly. I went Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Anthony Richardson, Dallas Goddard, T Higgins, Bryce Young, and Evan Ingram. So really trying to focus in on that, uh, try and get two of those pass catchers who, you know, yes, Cal- Calvin Ridley has been added to the Jags this year, but Evan Ingram does have that. He had his best year last year mm. with Trevor Lawrence. So he's back yep. again. Even though Calvin Ridley's there, he's at least Trevor Lawrence still has his safety blanket in Evan Ingram there. So I'm just banking on that upside for for there. So hundred percent. I mean, like Evan Ingram, what did he have? What is he like top five rookie receiving yards all time or something like that? Yeah, something like that. So, you know, he's he had that one bad year, that one really bad year with is that a He's had a few bad ones with Daniel Jones, though, at the helm. And it's like, lo and behold, you get him Trevor Lawrence and it's a different kind of well scenario. And you also think, too, his play callers at the time, he had Joe Judge as his head coach and he had um Was he the there clapper. with Ben McAdoo at some point as well? What do you I think? think so, yeah. I think it might have been his rookie year. Because I thought his rookie year was with Eli Manning, wasn't it? Oh, it was, I need to look that up. It was His rookie year was with Eli. Um, they had Ben McAdoo there as coach, but then you sit there and you think like, you know, he, a couple of seasons there, he had the clapper and Jason Garrett was yeah. his offensive coordinator. So, yeah, you know, a, a couple down years and a really bad offense and Evan Ingram's, you know, being counted out. People are saying, oh, he's, he's really bad. He's actually not. Like he's just, he had one bad year with drops and it, it ruined everyone's... Evan Ingram's first two seasons, 2017 and 2018, were both with Eli Manning. Mm. Who Eli threw for 3,400 yards in 2017 and 4,300 in 2018. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure Ben McAdoo benched him at some point as well. And there's that whole kerfuffle. So he's, yeah. it's almost like we've seen his talents. We've seen what he's capable of. And we're, for the first time, really getting a good sense of culture with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence. It's a much more prosperous environment for him. Yeah. So who, how did your draft go? How's your team been rounded out since? So here's where I got felt like I got really lucky again. So four and I had, I'd got Anthony Richardson and the league, the, the guys after me were all filthy about that, of course, um, with because I did get him at fairly late value there. Uh, then Jordan Love goes. I'm not stoked with the pick. CJ Strout went. Bryce Young went. Then Devonta Smith went, as we just mentioned. And then it came back to me again. And I got absolutely burned by Kyle Pitts last year. And I just felt like this was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, this is an absolute tight end premium premium. Can I put can I put last year aside and think about his rookie season? I took Kyle Pitts with 504. I thought that that was like insane value. I'm looking at uh, I'm what am I back on Spike Week again? Looking at the general sort of like Kyle Pitts and where he went. Average draft position was yeah we were talking about forty six. So what's that like round four ish? Halfway, halfway through round four, sort of pick ten of round four. The latest Kyle Pitts has gone is six oh six, and so he's been drafted two hundred and forty three times. Uh, so I felt like to get him at 504, which is in sort of that 90th percentile of people, was incredibly lucky. Um, and the other thing that I was considering as well with it is I'd, I'm finished with my quarterbacks. I've got them both. I've got my tight end now. I've got a good 
RB1. I've got a good wide receiver one. And now I'm at this point where I could just start smashing out receivers and running backs that I think are in good positions on their teams um, that could really make a difference. So the only other one that I would have taken ahead of Kyle Pitts, so then Alave and T Higgins win and DK Metcalf. I was really strongly looking at T Higgins in that spot. But again, just with the wide receiver nudge down, I just, I thought I could probably wait on that. Um, and again, then there was not at all, a, like, this is the difference between your league and my league is there just hasn't been runs at all mm. in any, in any position. There's runs of like three running backs or three wide receivers, but that would happen anyway. 606 Dallas got it went. I thought that was a good pick. Pat Fryer move went later. And then it came to me at 609. So I took James Connor here. I felt like, and I really, really wanted Miles Sanders as my RB2 on my team. I thought if I could get Miles Sanders on my team as an RB2, I was just absolutely in such a good position. He went two picks before, very upset about that. And I really felt like James Conner at this point in the draft, he's really the last sort of like two, three down back, really good pass catching upside, doesn't have a lot of competition in the Arizona backfield. He's going to be uh, relied upon a lot with Kyler being out in that position. And the running backs that went after was J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. Uh, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook, doesn't even have a team. Alexander Madison, Rashad White, Alvin Kamara. Like these guys who's like Alvin Kamara, he's going to miss six games. Javante Williams was going a bit later. Like I just felt like there was really no one left at all who was at the same value as James Conner. Just sort of like that last final running back that I could get. Yeah. And I mean, um, uh, I actually ho, ha, round out your team and then I'll finish my point just because I've, I'm just looking at my, who's still available in my league. So, yeah. So if you finish off your team, then we can just talk about a couple of the guys who are, who are still available. Cause I, that leads into one of my points. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll cool. save it till you finished. I'll go quickly. Cause we're um, <laughs> smashing through time. Um, I did, I hated my next pick. I took DJ Moore 704, but we were talking about it beforehand. The only world in which I would draft DJ Moore is if I had Justin Fields. I had him. I want that stack because at least you've got that upside. Um, And he was sort of going in that range anyway. A lot of uh, other leagues were drafting him. The wide receiver before him was, uh, so Hopkins went before him. Ayuk went before him. I really liked Ayuk and I really liked Hopkins. And then after DJ Moore was Terry McLaurin, Drake London, Chris Godwin. Like I'm looking at those receivers and I'm not completely flush with them. So I was happy with that. Um, And then another run on receivers. And then back to me again, I went back to receiver when I woke up this morning. It was very disorientated at 6.30 a.m. I did take uh, Hollywood Brown there. Again, same thing number one receiver on their team. I don't know what the production is going to be like, but he hasn't got a huge amount of competition. I think if it's Colt McCoy, he can run an offense. And in some bizarro universe where Kyler Murray is healthy and is in September, that's going to be a hit. Like that's going to be a fantastic pick. Again, this is the thing with my team that you got to bear in mind. Justin Fields has to be great. Bijan has to get off to a hot start. Anthony Richardson has to be great. Kyle Pitts has to recover. James Conner has to overcome the Arizona Cardinals, DJ Moore has to, you know, hit with Justin Fields. There's so many question marks, but there are things that I think can break right for me. And then my final pick, 904 so far, where, like I was saying, we're halfway through the draft, is Rashad Penny. Similar to what I was saying with James Conner, I'm not... So DeAndre Swift in my draft went 612, and I got Rashad Penny at 904. 
I flat out think Rashad Penny is going to be better than DeAndre Swift next this this coming season. I don't know, and I don't think that everyone completely agrees with that. I think if he's like 100% healthy, though, he's an amazing runner. I think that's the problem, though, is the yeah. I think baked into his draft position there is that he's never healthy. Like he's yeah. had one one good healthy season, and we saw what he could do when he was healthy. But it's just the fact that he's just not healthy, so that makes him drop down. And like I said, if you could guarantee, if you put DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny on the same team, like on the field, and you let them play out the whole season. And you can and you can be like in Madden. You can turn the injuries off so that you can guarantee <laughs> that they're both going to be healthy. Yeah, where you know I wouldn't be surprised to see Rashad Penny finish a lot better than DeAndre Swift. Yeah, because DeAndre Swift too has that same. He always feels like he's injured, sort of thing. Like he's yeah. just, it's just, he's just a much, he's just a younger version of it. So, but that's yeah. what I mean. He's similar position. Also, DeAndre Swift relies really heavily on pass-catching upside, which we know in these offenses, it's not there. We talked about Miles Sanders when we did our running backs preview like the other week. Mm. He got his lowest catches for the season. It was like 25 or something, wasn't it? Like, Mm. So what is DeAndre Swift in that position? Whereas you look at Rashad Penny, season 2021, played 10 games, 750 yards, six touchdowns, 6.29 yards per carry. Like he has all of the ability and all the talent to uh, win that job and be that Miles Sand. What Miles Sanders was last year, and Miles Sanders was great last year, just on rushing ability alone. So I think it's there. He's got to stay healthy. So, but as an RB three, I'm perfectly comfortable with him as my RB three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. RB three for sure. It's a thing that, as you were sort of saying with with Dan with his team having Devonta Smith as his wide receiver one if he was your RB one well, yes that's a different conversation but yes um, okay let's round out the show let's talk about what a couple of our ideas are going for the next couple of rounds or maybe just for the rest of the draft of players that we like players that we think we might try and reach for because we are like I'm I don't know about you I'm at this point in my draft now where ADP almost doesn't even matter anymore it's just sort of like where do we think people will go I'm perfectly happy to sort of go down 20 picks and be like, oh, yeah, there's that player I really like, bump him up. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as I was saying, we're not into – we're just about to hit round eight. We'll hit sometime um, in the next couple of hours. But this is where I feel like with my wide receiver room, I'm in a really good spot by having um, Chase Hill and T Higgins because these are the wide receivers who – I'm just going to read off a a bunch of names here. These are still guys on the board at the moment in my league. Mm Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk, Juju, Zay Jones, Jacoby Myers, Hollywood Brown, Odell, Gabe Davis, DJ Chark, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens. So these guys are still available in there. So they're loaded, yep. So, you know, if if I And this is what I I thought would happen when I took Armin Ra St. Brown at like in the third round, I wanted that elite one, but then I thought, you know, we could get to around seven, eight, nine, ten, and there'll still be a lot of good receiver talent. There. Yeah, exactly. And then looking at the running back, so that's where, because obviously I'm happy to admit this now, because by the time this episode comes out, this next round or two would have yes. um, happened. So <laughs> that's why I can um, say it's like because there's about a day between us recording and actually uh, yeah, the episode coming uh, out, so no exactly. one's going to know. <laughs> so, but looking at the running backs at the moment, there's James Connor. So as you were saying, just talked about him. Yeah, just talked about him. That's the reason why I was holding off because he's yeah. still available. So he's a guy I'm looking at. But I've also got 
at the moment available, DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, David Montgomery. Alvin Kamara is still there, but he's a guy for me that if he happened to be there in round 11 or 12, and I've sort of filled out a few of my other spots, if he still happened to be there, he might be a guy that's a, a later round dart throw just to see what happens. But, I mean, we've still got Khalil Herbert, Brian Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco, AJ Dillon still there, Zeke. Raheem Mostert, Len Fournette, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Zach Charbonnet still there as well. Yeah. Damian Harris. So I'm sort of hoping that when it comes to my next couple of picks, I will be targeting more than likely I'll be targeting James Connor, David Montgomery, Isaiah Pacheco, and Zach Charbonnet. They're yeah. my guys. Because, I mean, Damian Harris is still is there too, and so is Samaj. I Aguilar. really like Damian Harris. Yeah, I'm I, not. I'm not a big James Cook guy. I like the no, Bills. Someone's got to run that ball. Exactly, and you know, so he's still available. Samaje Piran's still available. So there's some still some guys here, like AJ Dillon's still there. Like AJ Dillon is one Aaron Jones injury away from being yeah. the lead, you know, bell cow running back there. David Montgomery is interesting. So Dan took David Montgomery with the 703 pick, and in my draft he went at 803. So he's right in that range that he's prime for, and I I really like David Montgomery this season as well. Yeah, so I'm sort of I'm sort of looking at a couple of those guys for my next couple of picks because ideally I'd like to go if I can um, running back, running back with my next two picks. Yeah, um, and then ideally it'd be great if I could come back and a couple of these guys were still available come the you know the round. 10 pick sort of thing. So like yeah. if, I could, if I could get, if I can get three of those sort of that group of running backs I've mentioned, it's going to be very highly unlikely. I'll get three of those, those guys that I've mentioned mm. there, but if I could get three of them within my next four picks, that would be great. Cause I sort of, I feel like I'm set at tight end. Um, looking at tight end, that's sort of at the list. It's, Juwan Johnson, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, Tyler Higby, Taysom Hill, Greg Dulcich, Gerald Everett. Yeah. Then you go um, Chika Conquo, Noah Fant, Tyler Conklin, and then a bunch of rookies. So yeah. it's, it's, there's still guys there, but they're more the, um, to me, they're more the, the tight ends who, you that, know, um... for round 14, 15, well, then, you know, some of these guys will still be there for that potential you know, that yeah. dart throw, like a Jelani Woods is still there. He's a guy that, you know, you might be able to pick in round 19, round 20. Yeah. That, that guy in your league who's taken Cole Komet in the top of the seventh round ahead of David Njoku, mm. he's got to be a Bears fan. Like, I'm, I'm coming up to the 10th round and he's, he's Cole Komet's still available. Mm. Uh, Schultz has gone before him. Dolce has gone before him. Chiga Konko, who you talked about, he went 8-10. In mind, yeah. just after David Njoku, Njoku, Njoku sorry. So, uh, yeah, Darren Waller went 7-1 in mine. Like, that's insane value right yeah. there. Yeah. The only other thing that I will probably do in this draft is because I'm playing on um, MFL and not uh, Sleeper, MFL allows you to actually play some of the place kickers as flex spots. Yeah, I did see that. I'm confused by what that means, but... Well, pretty much you can play... So how you'd use your extra wide receiver that you could play as a flex, you can actually use that for a kicker. Really? You can play as many kickers as you want. And if you look at the scoring... And kickers get like 3.3 points per extra point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if I could happen to get like a... um, You know, from the the high-scoring team. So... um, 
looking at the kickers here, you know, so if you could get um, Evan McPherson uh, from Cincinnati, Justin Tucker from Baltimore, Jake Elliott, uh, Harrison Butker, Tyler Bass. Yeah, just those high-powered offenses. Uh, Jason Myers as well from the Seahawks. Like, don't overlook him. He's just signed a new four-year deal. And I think the Seahawks could put up a lot of points. Yeah, so, like, for me, if if a couple of those guys happen to be there and I could grab a couple of them, it's not the worst thing in the world to look at. Like, you know, if you're seeing a – if there's a Kansas City versus Arizona game, I'm not sure if they play them this year or not, but you feel Mm. like that, okay, that could be a week where Kansas City could absolutely rack up 35, 40 points. And then at the same time, you've got Tyler Bass from the Buffalo Bills and they're playing the Chicago Bears, who you think – the Buffalo Bills could put up 30, 40 points. Why not throw two kickers in my lineup and try yeah. to add those extra points if that's what they're going to continually keep doing? So, yeah, it's it's one of those things that based off of where you're playing, because I'm on MFL with this league, that's, a, that's another strategy to look at is potentially drafting multiple kickers which goes against every fibre in my, yes. um, my being <laughs> doing to draft one, let alone multiple. But the score, once again, it's knowing your league rules, knowing the scoring and knowing the fact that, like you said, if you have a game where Kansas City Chiefs put up five touchdowns and Harrison Butker comes out and kicks five extra points and they're 3.3 points per thing, you know, there's 17 and a half points just off of the, mm. the, the extra points alone. So, yeah, it's it's very um league dependent and where you're playing as to who's who i'm going to be looking at in the next few rounds for sure so my next pick is just to wrap up so i've queued up my next two picks are over the next 17 picks and that's exactly what i've got queued so um if you have a look at my queue i think i've gone and i've pivoted from everything we've talked about in the quarterbacks episode earlier um in the month i I'm kind of interested now in Trey Lance. And I don't know if it's because I got Fields and Richardson, but at some point I, w- I, don't, I think I wouldn't mind just throwing a dart at Trey Lance if he plays. Um, I'm not sure that he will even make it back to me, but some other players that I've got in this range as well. So my, my next queue up is Antonio Gibson. I would love to get him as a fourth running back. I've also, and this is where I'm getting a bit weird at wide receiver, I have to admit. I've got Odell Beckham queued up. I've got Michael Thomas queued up. Kadarius Tony, Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Nico Collins, Paris Campbell. These are sort of like the receivers and the part of the draft that we're starting to deal with. And we are only halfway through. So this is the point where you actually, I feel like if you're going to start throwing darts at like Odell Beckham, George Pickens, like why not? Or like I've also got Dalton Kincaid in there as a tight end option. Tyler Higby in there as a tight end option. I do like tight, uh, Tyler Higby this year on that Rams team. There's not many options around him. I've just I've given you a lot of information to process. I'm just I'm just looking at my after you were mentioning some of the quarterbacks who were <clears throat> who were there. I'm just looking yep. at some of mine, and I, I can understand your thinking, but like you know. Why not try a Sam Howe? So, know, Sam- oh, yeah. So let me give you the quarterbacks. Actually, actually a good point. I should probably do that. The quarterbacks that I've got left in my draft is, and this is by ADP, Sam Howe, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Desmond Ritter, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield. Like, I don't want any of those guys, but I'm see, so, I'm somewhat intrigued by Trey Lance. See, out of those guys, because I'm looking, so I've pretty much got the exact same guys that you have. I'd be looking at Sam Howe mm. just because he did run a little bit at North Carolina. Yeah. It seems like he's got a chance to win that starting job. 
Uh, I'd probably stay away from Tannehill just because of the Will Levis potential, you know, yeah. if they end up terrible, it's not worth it. Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, I'm probably avoiding. Uh, but Do you still have Kenny Pickett? I've still got Kenny Pickett available. Oh, I would got, be taking him in a heartbeat over all those guys. I've still got Desmond Ritter available, who, once again, not a huge, I'm not super sold on his arm, but no. running potential. Uh, I've also looks got like, It looks like, just while we're talking about Desmond Ritter, it looks like Dan is, because Dan took Desmond Ritter at 10-10. Mm. Well, I've still got CJ Stroud available in my league. Oh, I'd take him over everyone. What? Yeah. Um, but just to uh, bring CJ every- Stroud went five five oh one in my league. where it well where it's set yeah seven twelve and CJ Stroud is still on the board. Oh Trey Lance God. Trey Lance is still there, but um, I think something that will make both you and Dan when he listens to this very happy is Clayton Tune is still on the board. You beauty. <laughs> That's what I like I have, to hear. Oh, I have a feeling he'll still be on the board come the end of the draft. <laughs> you actually prompted me. I, I was keen to get Kyler Murray only for the reason that I ended up with James Conner and Hollywood Brown. I would love to have been able to get that trap tri- triple stack going, but um, maybe Colt McCoy can come to my rescue later at the end last round. With any luck, I, I could. I feel like I could almost guarantee Clayton Tune will still be available in your last round. I just have a feeling. Yeah. Oh, not, have, if, not if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> what you'll put, you'll take him next round, and everyone will be like Clayton Tune this early. What? Yeah, who? Um, what do you make of these wide receivers for me? So, just actually, we'll go to the running backs because I think it's pretty fairly easy. It's Antonio Gibson, then all of the other players, and then the last sort of guys I've got is Zach Charbonnet, Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, Deonta Foreman, and Zeke. I'm kind of interested in Zeke this late. If he goes back to Dallas, I wouldn't mind him. Deonta Foreman, I'm also semi-interested in, but as we talked about before, Damian Harris, I think I'm really interested in Damian Harris on that Buffalo Bills team. I would be so in on Zeke if he goes to the LA Chargers. Or Rams? Chargers Mm. or Rams? Chargers. Okay. Just because Zeke's Probably his best asset at the moment is his pass blocking, his pass catching, and his short yardage sort of runs. And what's the one thing that Austin Eckler has been crying out for for another running back on that team? The guy who can come in and can pass block and can give him a bit of a break. So if if Zeke somehow ends up on the Chargers, to me that's like the perfect fit. I love Zeke on the Chargers just because they have changed to – Kellen Moore. Yeah, re, I was going to say reunited with Kellen Moore. Like Kellen Moore. It, so it's sort of, he, he knows the offense. He's a guy who could come yeah. in. And so to me, that would be a good spot. But right. yeah, I'm I, bumping I, him I, up. I'm bumping Zeke up. I also, like, up I also like Charbonnet. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah. you know, look, Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker is, is the main guy there, but I wouldn't be surprised. We all know Pete Carroll. We all know he loves to run the absolute crap out of the ball. You're going to think back to those days when they did have it, not that they played a lot together, but Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, where it's just the the backs subbing in all the time. Like I could just see Charbonnet ending up, you know, it could be a 60-40 split between Ken yeah. Walker and Zach Charbonnet. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're my two guys, the guys that are from that group that I like the most. Okay. Um, let's finish. Odell Beckham. Michael Thomas, Kadarius Tony, Traylon Burks. These wide receivers are interesting. George Pickens, I'm kind of interested in. Nico Collins, I like. Um, some of the other wide receivers that are available here. So the by ADP, it's Burks, Pickens, Dotson. I'm just, I'm out on like I just, I'm getting, I'm hard, finding it hard to get excited about this Washington football team. 
Um, Brandon Cooks is there. I also sort of semi looked at Gabe Davis. I'm not interested in uh, Jameson Williams. Can't do anything with him. Rashad Bateman, as we talked about in the previous episode, I'm out. Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton, Zay Flowers, uh, Alan Lazard. I'm I'm really interested in Odell Beckham, and it's purely for the reason that they paid him so much money. He's getting paid to catch that football. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Actually, the way you actually read out those first couple in the ADP is actually how I'd have them. Traylon yep. Burks, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson. I actually think that Dotson could actually... I think it's going to be one of those, uh, maybe not as, I, I guess it's a, a poor man's um, Tyreek Hill jailer model. Has to be Jacoby Brissett, though, I think. I don't think Sam Howell can carry all these receivers. Well, see, there's uh, there's really only two of them. Like, in the, in that team, like, it's going to be Dotson, it's going to be Terry McLaurin, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Okay. It's like a, that's I'm, like I'm thinking a, about Curtis Samuel as well. Yeah, see, uh, Curtis Samuel to me is... Logan Thomas. Yeah, nah. they're, they're, to me, it's like it's it, sort of uh, it's it's the poor man's Miami Dolphins sort of thing. It's the two main guys sprinkled in with a little bit of Curtis Samuel. You know, uh, yeah. Depending on how that goes, uh, Brandon Cooks too is another guy who I really like the look of. Yes, yeah. Brandon Brandon Cooks for me out of, actually out of all of those guys. Now the thing that Brandon Cooks would be my first receiver off the board. He's not even cued for me, um, but. I I'm hundred percent with you. He should definitely be. Because you I'm, think now too that that um that Dallas offense last year their receivers were CD and Gallup coming in coming off an injury and mm. Dalton Schultz. You look at it now this year, it's a healthy Michael Gallup after so the year after the year after. So it's the year after the year after the knee injury. It's CD Lamb and it's Brandon Cooks. And then it doesn't really matter who plays tight end because they're they're not going to be that sort of same. They're going to fill that same sort of role as a Dalton Schultz, but to a lesser extent, if that makes sense, because you've got Brandon Cooks there. And all Brandon Cooks does is get a thousand yards whenever he plays. Yeah. It's just every year it seems like he's a thousand yards on the team or close enough to yep. it. So he he's a guy who I think could actually thrive in that offense just based off of the fact that, you know, you've seen you've seen him the other years when he's been with quality wide receivers and he's still cracking that thousand yards. If he's got Dak throwing in the ball, he's got C D on the opposite side, he's got um Gallup there. Cooks is a guy who I'd be actively going after as well. I really enjoyed the, what the Cowboys did there. In the end, ultimately, like getting rid of Amari Cooper was a mistake, but I like that they owned that. You know, they looked at their team last year and they went, geez, we could have really used Amari Cooper right now in these playoffs. And they fixed that. They owned it. They fixed it by bringing in Brandon Cooks. I think and it's going to it be just, a similar situation. It just That always just reminds me of when John Gruden came back to the Raiders and one of their first things they did after they traded Amari, before they traded Amari Cooper was trading Khalil Mack. Mm. And then their first game they played, John Gruden pretty much came out and he's like, do you know who would be really good? A yeah. guy like Khalil Who we could have used. Yeah. It's a guy like Khalil Mack. And it's like, well, you had him. So, yeah. uh, but like you said, they they at least, the, the Cowboys at least owned it. And they went, okay, who's going to be able to fill that role? Because we were at our best when you had CD, you had an Amari Cooper, yep. and you had a healthy Gallup. Yep. You had the three wide receivers. That's, you know, that's to me is their best sort of thing. So, CD, Cooks, Gallup, are they the guys who I'd be looking? You know, Cooks is a guy who I'd be looking at going after this year. As a as a really late dart throw, this is what we'll finish on. I look, I've I've never been a Michael Thomas guy unless he was at Ohio State. I have watched his successes and it's been impressive. 
he hasn't done anything since uh was it 2019 was the last time we saw any relevance from michael thomas yeah uh and he was smashing records which was impressive i'm looking at this saints team Derek carr is going to be throwing the ball to chris Olave, tracon smith michael thomas james washington keith kirkwood he's got juan johnson and foster moreau who's got a previous relationship with and then his running backs are going to be jamal williams and um tcu kendra miller mm-hmm. i think Olave is going to make a fantastic deep threat for Derek carr if michael thomas is even 70 percent 60 percent whatever of what he was in 2019, he's still going to be a fantastic receiver. And I think this is going to be a good Saints team. I think they're going to compete hard with the Falcons for the division. What, what's to say? This, we're, we're up to round 10, 11, 12. What's to like? I, I, I'm kind of interested in Michael Thomas there for the first time in my life. Well, see, I'm just looking at the Saints depth chart now. And I, I get what you mean, but for me, Michael Thomas would have to be a guy who's there in rounds like 19, 20 before I look at him. Really, that late? Yeah, because like because, right at the end. No, but that can't be possible because like those guys that late. That's where you're getting like Mac Hollins, Tutu Atwell, but Lavisca Chenault type. I the, like. I'm pretty the sure. The thing, the thing is, like, but like you said though, Lavisca Chenault has had more touchdowns in the last two seasons than Michael <laughs> Thomas has played games. Yeah. Um. And and Lavisca barely plays for my Panthers. So yep. um. But like to me, looking at the Saints depth chart. Like Michael, for me, Michael Thomas would have to be around that because I'm not guaranteed he's actually going to play, and that's the that's the biggest thing for me. Like I can't guarantee he's going to play a number of games. Like if I said to you, Michael Thomas's over under for games played this year is 13. Are you going over or under? Um, I have to think objectively if I'm not drafting him on my team. Um, that's tough. That's a tough one. See, and and that's the thing. The fact that like 13s are. You know, that's still missing four games or whatever. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, 12, 13 sounds about right. But it sounds about right for most receivers. But, like, for me, I would rather, looking at that um, depth chart, like, I would rather throw a late-round dart throw at Rashid Shahid, James Washington, or A.T. Perry, or even Traquan Smith, as just, opposed to... Yeah, just to be clear, like, that's not his range. His range in ADP right now is before Rashad Bateman, before Elijah Moore, before Cortland Sutton and Zay Flowers. So, so to me though, like, I think it, for me, it's coming down to like a cost way before Beckham. I'd rather Odell Beckham than Michael Thomas. And he's been drafted 20 spots ahead. Exactly. And Michael Thomas feels like that guy who was it, is it the curb your enthusiasm mean, you know? know, (laughs) Yeah. No, it's from Arrested Development. Arrested (laughs) Development. But what if it works for us? It might work for us. (laughs) That's pretty much, that's pretty much how I see Michael Thomas. And that's why his ADP is so high. So like I said, for me, he would have to be a, a late, yeah, a late, late, late dart throw for me because I would rather pick a guy like an A.T. Perry who's a rookie or a Rashid Shahid late and feel even though they, they're not the names of Michael Thomas for some yeah. reason. I already feel more confident they'll play more games than Michael Thomas. I'm I'm just always interested in these post, post, post hype sleepers who it's like, man, so many people have been let down by Michael Thomas over the last three years. And that's where I love to like swoop in and be like, okay, maybe there's something there, but it's exactly what you said. It's like, it never works for anyone, but it might work for me. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. I'm going to bump, I'm going to bump him down. Um, I'll bump Traylor and Burks up. I'm going to bump George Pickens and Nico Collins up as well. Cause I like what we're talking about there. Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster, last one, anything there? 
Uh, Real I quick. Mean, I, I'm going to put him in that same sort of. I'd want. I wouldn't pick him anything probably before about round fourteen, fifteen, probably. Just I, I don't trust the Patriots' offense. That's going to do it for another week. Thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm glad to have your company, Brad. It was excellent. I feel bad that Dan had to miss out, but he'll be back next week, and we will return to regular programming as scheduled as well. You can follow Brad on Twitter at BradBolt1. You can follow me on Twitter at John Lloyd Robertson. You can follow the NFL Lab Network at NFL Lab Network, and we've got some really, really exciting things coming as well soon. I'm going to have another show soon as well, which is a more along the uh, sports betting lines as well, just by myself. Very excited cool. for before we just jump out, guys, just if anyone is listening and you would like to jump in the charity league that Dan and myself are starting, True Blue Charity, uh, please reach out to us. Uh, Dan, if you go to um, beard underscore 82, Dan has the, all the details on how you could join. We'd love to try and get as many people in this league and raise as much money for charity as we can. So if anyone is out there who would like to get in, uh, either reach out to myself, John or Dan, and we will be able to sort you out and get you into that league and get you the details on how you can join. A couple of spots left. Brad, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, mate. You too. So you like what I did there? Thank you. It is perfect. Uh, yeah, we will catch you soon. Good luck with the rest of your Scott Fish Bowl. Goodbye for now. See y'all.